you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. supposed to go on three nonsense those are people who cheat at Rochambeau and I'm not into it oh so you're saying I'm like one two three go but you're saying some people go one two and then clap or like one well, no, three is say, go yeah so they say that three is go but huh. if they're the ones counting then you can't get into a rhythm from just one two also they cheated Uno immediately. I can tell who they are. They're cheaters. Mm-hmm. They're cheaters. Mm-hmm. You know who? You know what their names might be? Linda Williams. Ooh, she's our is... mother, but it's the truth. That woman cheats at cards as mm-hmm. easily as breathing. <laughs> Ooh, me? Yes, you, Linda. Yes, you. <laughs> we invited her to play cards, you know, because it's a pandemic, right? So we we're like, let's have a fun family thing for the holidays and we'll play Euchre. We found a way that you could play Euchre online or you can play, um, what was the other, any kind of card game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I told mom about it and I was like, it, you know, I played it um, with some other folks. It's really fun. The only problem is it is really hard to cheat. And she was like, me? you are not fooling anyone um i told you how she cheated at scrabble right no no it was words with friends when that came out that app Mm -hmm. and so mom's like yeah i'll play with you that sounds cool and all of a sudden mom was beating my ass like all of a sudden i was like damn she's getting real good at this and so I got so tired of losing to her, I went and downloaded an app that helps you scramble your letters, like your leftover <laughs> letters to get the best numbers. Mm-hmm. And I started using some words that I think she knew were beyond my my IQ. Like she was definitely, there were some, there were some things that I was like, this isn't real. And I finally was like, mom, I can't, I don't want to play anymore. You keep winning. And I finally had to cheat. I had to download this app. She's like, oh, I downloaded that a while ago. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I I feel like I am still an idiot because it took me that long to know that my mom was going to cheat. Like, it took me that long <laughs> to catch up to cheat. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm getting mad. I'm literally like, I don't want to play with you anymore, Rob. Like, <laughs> every other words with friends I was doing with people, it was like cat, dog, whatever. But like with Linda, I was like, like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to think of a funny word that I was like, there's no way. <laughs> like, there's no way I was going to ever get get these things right. Oh, man. Linda. And on that note, welcome <laughs> to the Stitchcraft Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. That's our best. If, if anybody knows us, that's a, an incredible welcome. And if it, it, you, know our, you know our lives. You know what we're talking about. We're trying out a new method today on the Stitchcraft Podcast of recording. So, yes. Fingers crossed. Yes, exactly. Fingers crossed that we will actually be able to balance the levels of our voices so that you guys will be able to hear us both equally well. We'll see. And we'll see how that Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> or I guess we'll hear how it goes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it is a podcast. Yeah, so as we were saying, uh, welcome to Stitchcraft. This is episode 48, I think. My name is Island. My name's Miranda. And I don't I'm know not why... Sh- 
And I'm not sure what, what day it is or the episode number. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the pandemic. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Maybe we'll get a new calendar and get rid of the Gregorian one because it doesn't make any sense anymore. I'm just, I'm just, I, you know what? Sometimes I, I swing for the fences and it doesn't always, you know. Connect. Yeah. With that one. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with making a joke about telling time. It's a separate issue when I can only remember that there are two calendars that I'm familiar with. The Gregorian, which came from the Julian, and then beyond that, I don't know. And lunar? moon cycles, yeah, lunar yes, cycles. Yes, but I can't keep track of those. I'm a dum-dum. I can't do, that's, mm-mm. It moves, it's different each season. No, no, I can't. It, that's how they figured out, a can't, that's how they figured out days, Island. <laughs> I know that. That's how they figured out birth control. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know what, I'm not the person who figured out birth control, so. I mean, yes, that's true. That is very accurate. <laughs> said they isn't the royal we they the collective (laughs) um hi what you drinking (laughs) you might think from the way that i'm behaving that i've been drinking all day but i in fact have not um (laughs) i am on my my first cocktail of the day and i say first cocktail of the day because uh today is also the first day of a scientific conference that i can tell you guys about where the opening night is the welcome reception and they sent out cocktail recipes to go with the cocktail, the opening reception, which is very, very cute. Um, That's not what I'm drinking now. I'm drinking a low alcohol thing right now. This is actually something that I found just a few minutes before the, before we started recording because I wanted to use something that you, Miranda, had given me as a gift. So the drink that I'm having is called a pastorella. P-A-S-T-O-R-E-L-A. And I'm spelling it out because I'm guessing it's got a a Spanish pronunciation that's more like pastorella. But anyway, it was invented at... Pastorella. uh, Pastorella. (laughs) I know, right? Jesus. It's not Milan, it's Milan. Um, That's a Michigan joke. Um, (laughs) Continue. Um, so this is from the Frontera Grill in Chicago, and the reason I found this drink is because you had given me um, Pilancio syrup. Oh, yes. Which is, like, uh, people sometimes call it Mexican brown sugar, but it's, like, these little cones that look like incense cones. Um, that's how I've seen it before. Yep. And that's it's how it's formed. This, yep. Yeah, and it's, it's this really delicious, richly flavored uh, solid sugar that you can buy. And Miranda, as a gift, I don't know, for my birthday maybe, got me the Pilancio um, syrup from Earl Giles, which I think is in Minnesota. It is. And so the the pasarela is um, one ounce tequila, one ounce Pilancio syrup, which sounds like a lot. Like that would normally be very, 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 very sweet. sugary. Yeah. Um, three quarter ounce lime juice, and then four ounces of beer. And so they oh. recommend in their recipe uh, Negro Modelo, but mm-hmm. I did not have that at the house. And to me, um, Negro Modelo is um, malty and flavorful, but not rich particularly. So I thought a wheat beer might be a decent substitution. Nice. Um, so I used um, Back Pocket Brewing 
hey honey their wheat cute honey wheat ale and i sort of thought well the honey wheat would go well with the pilancio um yeah and it is a little weird because the tequila is um añejo tequila which is a little smoky it's the tequila that's been like if you if you see um Blanco tequila, that's the tequila that hasn't been in any barrels at all, like no oak barrels or anything like that. Um, so the Blanco tequila is the stuff that most people, I think, are familiar with. And then Reposado has been resting a little bit in barrels, and then the Añejo is the oldest. Um, so the Añejo, we had, we have uh, two bottles of Añejo tequila in this house because we are not huge tequila drinkers. And so people gave them to us as celebratory gifts and it was really nice. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like when people give you a really nice bottle of scotch, like you're not gonna go through it, really. If you're not a Um, huge scotch fan, right away. And even if you are, right, like Pat, my husband is a huge scotch fan and he is still nursing bottles from like five years ago, 10 years ago. If it's really good stuff, He's been dragging that. We have a bottle in our house that he's had for 15 years. Because um, it comes out a little bit at a time, you know? A little baby it's stuff sip. he really likes. A little yeah. baby sips. So anyway, so Añejo tequila is like that. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a little smoky. It's a strong flavor. Um, but it's interesting. It's a really interesting flavor. Um, and it is actually a bit autumnal because of the pilancillo and the sort of like yeah. spiced flavor that that lends it like it doesn't have any actual like I didn't put cloves or um cinnamon or anything like that in here but the natural flavor of that sugar does all the work for you it looks I mean no one can see it but it does Mm -hmm. look very autumnal I thought it was a either an old-fashioned or a um like a cider kind of thing that you were having and I had thought about that because at this time of year I am like 67% 67% apple. Like, my whole <laughs> composite makeup is, like, two-thirds I apples. was like, where is she going with this? She herself is 67% apple. <laughs> yes. I, I describe myself as, like, a, I am 100% a pumpkin spice bitch. I am here for all of that autumnal stuff. But when I sit and think about it, I don't actually go out and purchase, like, pumpkin spice lattes ever, right. really. Um, I buy pumpkin-flavored things. Um I do like the Trader Joe's pumpkin season. This year I didn't, but in the past I've gone to Trader Joe's and bought, you know, all their pumpkin flavored bullshit. I love it. But if I'm thinking about like by sheer volume of food that I eat at this time of year, apples are the thing I'm really heavy into. Apples are the, I'm team apple over team pumpkin any day. Team apple is, because the thing is the spices that we think of in pumpkin spice go on apples as well. When you do apple pies or if you do apple cider, if you do any of that stuff. And so, you know, fuck Starbucks for making us all feel like it has to be a pumpkin spice anything. It should be called (laughs) fall spice. That's what it should be called. Because you could put that on pears. You could put that on, um, well, that's where I I end my ship. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. Pears done. <laughs> Sweet potatoes. There, I corrected myself. <laughs> Fixed it. Fixed it. Cashed it up. 
cobbled it together. <laughs> oh, I really hope this new recording model will just capture the cackles in full volume. Uh, but Team Apple all the way. Absolutely yeah. with you. Because, like, I was talking to a friend, and we were like, one slice of pumpkin pie a year. That's it. Like, we don't need any more, and it better be covered and smothered in whipped topping. Of any I like that I like that you were not you were careful not to say that you would only accept whipped cream. You're like, I will accept cool whip. I yep. will accept you know varieties, vegan varieties if I must. And there's something about pumpkin pie, like I guess you could serve it warm, but I'm so used to having a giant family and it's all cold and it's always near the door, so it always gets real cold. So I'm used to cold pumpkin pie covered in a cold topping. So I'm kinda like Well it's eh. basically it's a pumpkin custard and cold custards are good. Hmm. That's a good point. But do I make a pumpkin pie? Hell nah. No. Never. I thought about it this year because Pat, his all he wants at Thanksgiving, and he would be happy with this, only pumpkin pie. Store-bought huh. pumpkin pie. Huh. Seriously. We bought, um, we bought one from Deluxe Bakery, which is our local bakery here that makes, like, everything they make is magical. Um, so I bought one... <clears throat> And he plowed through that one. And then I was like, oh, well, we can't get any more. And he's like, oh, you don't think they have any at Hy-Vee? And I was like, well, I'm sure they have some at Hy-Vee. And he's like, that's good enough. And I was like, bitch, are you telling me that I bought you a deluxe pumpkin pie? And that you'll just take would have been fine. The local grocery store that it's trucked in from. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. No shade on the Hy-Vee pumpkin pie. It, it was tasty. I had a bite. Oh, sure it, it was is. very, very heavily seasoned. Like, they actually put spices in it it wasn't just like pumpkin custard with no spices um but yeah so that's all he cares about and he like you is very serious about the whipped topping Mm -hmm. on top um i am more of an apple pie person which i do prefer warm apple mode if possible oh like the mix of the hot and the cold the fire and the ice if you will (laughs) it's a dance um (laughs) no i agree with you if someone offered me apple or pumpkin pie, I'll choose apple every single time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Um, I love. What are you <laughs> drinking? What is in your cup? Well, uh, my cup today is a bottle. I'm actually having a beer that you gave me. Mm. It's also back pocket brewing. It's the grown up juice. Yay! Yes. <laughs> um, Six free bottle caps with every purchase because you buy a six pack is what it says on the. That's hilarious. And adulting is hard, is literally what it writes on it. It's a. I think it's a sour. It it's is. A, it's a kettle sour. Yeah, it's a. It's a cherry limeade sour, but it's true. It's not too sweet. It's not too sour. It's very. It's crushable, but mm. six point five percent. So Mama needs to slow down. So, <laughs> grown up juice is also like fall down juice if you're careful so i just gotta yes. take it easy so yes i'm having that and it is delightful so well, i'm glad you're enjoying it i have a really large um beer shelf that i think that most people put other things in like fruits and vegetables but <laughs> it's <laughs> called the fruit drawer <laughs> it doesn't have it you know to be fair it doesn't have a humidifier section. Like you could have like vegetables oh. or fruit, but it's this thing that you pull out. And I guess maybe you'd put cheese in there or like some other flat item that you can put in there. I decided that it should be where all my beverages that have alcohol in them go. And it is a 
don't want to say it's a jungle juice of beers, but it is <laughs> <laughs> it is a colorful tapestry of many, you know, misplaced six pack, many orphaned beers that are left there. Mm-hmm. There's and I'm fascinated whenever I've had people over, some people go for like the common stuff. And then there's like there's always someone who's weird who's like, oh, let me have that one beer. And I'm like, oh, that's two years old. They're like, don't care. And I'm like, okay, cool. I had like, I was seeing a guy for a minute, literally a minute. And he drank, he drank like through maybe four of the oldest beers in my fridge. And for that, I'm thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he, he like eventually. He walked into your life to perform a service. <laughs> He's the he's the bottom feeder of of my dating situations, and he he went ahead and just cleaned out the the worst of the worst from my fridge. <laughs> I never, I did. I kept trying to stop him. I was like, "Oh, you should have this instead." And he was like, "No, no, let me have this." And I was like, "Okay, okay, it's all yours, buddy." <laughs> so for that, I'm thankful. You know what? Every, <laughs> some people come into your life for a reason or a season. <laughs> Came in to clean out my beer drawer. <laughs> but every time someone sees that beer drawer, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, I'm clearly not an alcoholic. I, it would have been clean. It would have been empty. But it just keeps piling up. And then eventually I try to give some away. I try to come up with six packs to give people. Like, I just, it, it is a, this is another, this is a Midwestern thing for people who aren't from the Midwest that I know that some folks listen to this, um, are not from when you go to someone's house and you walk inside with alcohol, it stays. Exactly. That, that booze is no longer yours. It was given to the house. It belongs to the house. And so the idea of you taking your six pack out, like I actually, a friend called me out as I was doing it one time because I had just moved from California or I was living in New Orleans at the time. And or, or just moved out of New Orleans. And we came up and I was like, okay, we're going to leave. And I opened the fridge and I was like about to take my six, like the left, what was left of my six pack out. Cause I was like, oh, their fridge is like packed. And someone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I was just gonna, and I could just tell something was wrong. And I was like, <laughs> it, I was like, I brought this. And they're like, yeah, you did. And I was like, <laughs> huh? And they're like, Randy, you leave it. And I was like, what? And so I had to talk. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad I didn't do that in front of the host of the party. Because yeah. I I was like, thank you for reminding me of Midwest etiquette. And then the thing is, if you're really serious about drinking and you want to keep your beer, you bring your own fucking cooler and you or a bag if it's and you a leave bag. It outside. You leave it in a bag and you leave it outside. Sorry, I had to say bag, right? Um, <laughs> you leave it outside because that is not the house. But once it crosses the threshold, it is no longer yours. Like... I brought, um, I'm seeing a guy right now. We've been seeing each other for a little bit. And I brought over a 12-pack of uh, Bell's Two-Hearted. And it's his favorite beer. I had bought a 12-pack a couple weeks ago. And we brought it over there. And then he and I were stupid. And we crushed it. Like, the two of us between in one Ouch. night. Yeah. Ouch. Learned my learned my lesson. Anyways, I... For those who are unfamiliar, oh, Two-Hearted yeah. is an IPA. It's like seven something it's, percent it's heavy it's a heavy yeah. beer and it's you start drinking it and you're like oh i'm cool i'm cool what like you just yeah. sound you're you're crazy anyways we we almost killed this whole 12 pack and the point was is i brought the 12 packs i knew he liked that beer but then i wound up drinking half of it and that was no longer a gift so i was like god dang it i gotta do this again so i dr- i came over last night 
to like, we were going to do some wine tasting thing. And I brought over another 12 pack and I left it inside the house. And as I was leaving today, he was like, did you want your 12 pack of two hearted? And I was like, no, no dummy. No. This is, it's inside your house. I can't take it back. You know, the rules. <laughs> and like, he was like, well, I just wanted to be sure. Like he couldn't believe that I was leaving a 12 pack behind. Cause that's a lot to leave behind when you haven't had any of them. Any right? of them. Right. Cause you're supposed no, to no. share them. But. I was going to say, yeah, because if you had oh, if you had gone there with the 12-pack, opened it, and taken one out, then he would have known, now... The rest is mine. Right. Yeah. That wasn't just, like, my grocery shopping trip, and I forgot it. Right. And But it's also very purposeful that I brought it in. Even though I knew we weren't going to drink it that night, I was like, I'm replacing the gift I brought you. And, oh. This is why, for those of Midwest you... Midwest etiquette. I was going to say, for those of you who are not from the Midwest... Do not harshly judge the fridges of your friends who live in the Midwest because <laughs> they may not have done that to themselves. The odds are very good they didn't. Um, <laughs> the odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, there's so much weird shit in my house that I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> people, like, and I love that people who don't actually know what actual functioning alcoholics are like, but they're all like, Oh my god, you drink a lot. And I was like, actually I don't. That's the problem. It stays here. It like it just it's like a it's a um a, a an archive of ti- <laughs> yes. of good times past. Like it's just yeah. so stupid. There's brands of stuff that no longer in business that are still in my fridge. Like <laughs> like everyone got on the hard seltzer train real fast and then some of them are gone. Like I just oh man. Anyways, okay. But yes, finish your thought. Like, do not judge us. <laughs> right. There are, there are things that we have that, you know, like you say, they are things that other people brought over and it would be the height of rudeness to take it back out. In fact, I have a bottle of beer in my fridge that a friend brought over. It's like one of those little um, Firestone Walker, like their anniversary ales. Oh. Mm-hmm. So um he had brought it comes in a box like it it is beer that is boxed as if it were whiskey it's not that fancy but like that's the kind of packaging they're going for yeah Yeah. and it's a little 12 or 14 ounce bottle so it's it's very unobtrusive in the fridge but so he brought it over and he's like yeah let's have it but then other people had brought other things and this is like pre-pandemic right so it's been in our fridge for a very long time (laughs) at this point he brought it over in like january and then we had other things and then um, I tried to give it back to him. And he was like, no, just hold on to it until we hang out again. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and so now it's like it's in the back of the fridge in this very pristine spot. And it, you know, there it will sit until. Like a crypt. <laughs> <laughs> until he can come back into our house again. Well, I guess until the vaccines come, right? Because. Yeah. He's an ER doctor, so he's going to get vaccinated Oh, he's going to get the vaccine for sure. Yeah. So I'm sure at that point he'd be like, I'll take that beer now. Yep. I've been working in the ER for the whole pandemic. I'll take my I'll, I'll take, take my, my nice beer. beer. Yes. You know what? And that is, maybe the pandemic will change our rules. It might change our rules. I, I really do wonder if it'll change the rules of take backsies. Yeah, maybe. I'm very curious about that. Um, huh. <laughs> I have a beer in my fridge, and this is embarrassing. It's Bud Light Orange, <laughs> and a friend of mine, Clint, is like, it's crushable. It's so good. It's He's like, everyone hates on it until you have it, and then you're like, I can't get enough. And I'm like... It's like it's like Gatorade beer. 
Yes, it's so good. And I like went off the rails buying it. I'm pretty sure we've already talked about Bud Light Orange on this podcast a few times. Because I was like, this is unbelievable. And there's one bottle just rolling around. And the only time it gets drunk is when Clint comes over. But we're in a pandemic. So that just lets you know how old that beer is. Heads up to anybody who comes to my house and you see a Bud Light Orange. <laughs> it's archival quality. It's it's, it's historically significant at this point. <laughs> uh, um, I know a lot of people that do listen to our podcast like it because they think that it sounds like they're sitting with us and laughing with us. Mm-hmm. And us talking about beer for this long is exactly it's us. Exactly us. <laughs> So people tune in, they're like, I just like hearing you guys laugh and talk. And I'm like, this is exactly, this whole section of what's in your cup is our, the bread and beer of our, yes. <laughs> of our podcast. Indeed. Um, well, I say, let's, we can move on to the actual yes. point of podcast. What are you working on? <laughs> I, um, let's see. I actually have something in front of me that I will share with you. Sorry about all the rattling. Um, so let's see, knitting wise... I have been working on, um, I think the last time we podcast, the only thing I've done since then is that I have made a, I made a couple of hats for our local um, shelter house and our um, crisis stabilization unit. So um, anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows that I'm a psychiatrist and I work in the University of Iowa Hospital. And the University of Iowa Hospital has a unit called the Crisis Stabilization Unit. And it's kind of like an emergency room for people with psychiatric concerns. Um, And oftentimes people who end up there, they end up going there because they're obviously in distress and sometimes it's because they've lost jobs, sometimes it's because they are not, they are newly houseless, sometimes it's because they've been unhoused for a long time and a lot of other things have happened, right? So um, we try there to have um, crisis support things. So we have social workers, therapists, um, case managers, like people who try to help, you know, get people back on their feet. And sometimes what that also entails is getting them some clothing for the weather. So obviously during the summertime, that's not really an issue. But during the wintertime, they like to have a stockpile of clothing um, that they can provide to people, you know, if they need it. So I made some hats um, and I will probably be making some cowls. I don't really tend to make scarves because they take such a long time to make. I know people don't tend to think I was of like, it this I, way, but like a scarf island. takes a long time. It's it's usually everyone's first project when they're knitting. So you're like, it takes such a long time. And I was like, don't scare anybody. Like, <laughs> But yes, the it, actual actual use of materials and, um, and in the end you just wind up wrapping it around your neck anyway, like a funnel mm-hmm. or, a, or a cowl. Yeah. But so I did that. I made a couple of hats, um, and then I made a hat for myself, which was the Pearl Soho Garter Ear Flap Hat. Sorry, it took me a second to remember the name. It has a lot of, you know, a lot of descriptors in it. But basically, it kind of looks like a little elf hat, except instead of being like long and pointy, it's kind of short and pointy. It's cute. Um, 
I modified it a little bit, and if you look on Ravelry, you can see my modifications. But basically, my head is large enough that I was afraid that if I made it the way that they recommended, that I it would basically stretch out the bottom, and then the top would look very long and pointy, so I modified <laughs> it to be shorter, so it looks more like a, more like an elf hat and less like a pencil tip. <laughs> Sorry, Just being I'm like. Honest. Island, I have a funny hat story. I'll let you uh, finish your pro. Actually, no. Now is the time for me to do this. Now is the time. There's a really great hat maker um, in Iowa City uh, that goes by the the brand Knit Hole, and I bought a couple hats from her. And she's kind of got a standard. Um, I think she said 16 inch circumference. And if you're a Williams sister, that's not gonna work. It's really not gonna work. And I showed her. I bought her, she had a, a, um, a cap, like a all copter bastards hat <laughs> that was like a fundraiser. And I bought that and I, I was like, whoops, too small. I put it on my head and I showed her, I was like, girl, this ain't good. And I then ordered a custom made hat, um, that had a funny phrase on it. And, um, she sent that to me and she's like, I'll knit it loose so it'll stretch. And I was like, mm. I, and I took a photo against one of the hats that you made me Island and I was like, this one says uh, 20 inches. And this one, like, so I, I was like, maybe go for 20 inches. She didn't. She just, like, knitted a little looser because she knows her stuff. I had to block it. I had to wet it and block oh, it. Oh, no. And um, the thing is, though, is I had to make sure that I did it all the way up to the top. Like, you don't want to just block it on the bottom because then you just look like you have, like, like the tip of a condom up top. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the nipple on a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and it has a pom-pom on it. So you're like, this is not going to work out. So anyways, I had to, I had to block it and I'm so glad I know how to block things and I know what that does and, and how you plan for it. And now it fits. It's, it's a good fit. It's not too big, but, um, whew, thank God for wool. Yeah, I was <laughs> Just... going to say, thank goodness that her, her products are made from wool. So, you know, you can yeah. do that. No, and she's such a talented knitter, and um, I'll tag her in our show. But it's her stuff is great. She does custom work. I think her books are closed because she closed them at the end of November. But she'll do custom phrases on hats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super fun. But she has her patterns, and she has her way. And I get it. When people have a certain way of doing it, they have a really hard time modifying. And she's also there doing it for, like, under $100 a hat. For yeah. custom hats. So, like, I, I had a feeling that she was like, I'll just make it looser. And I was like, cool. I'm going to have to block this. And I'm so glad I blacked it. Uh, not blacked it, but blocked it. Because in the end, I just need it to fit. Yeah. <laughs> Without, like, yep. taking my hair up. <laughs> like, it just, if you've ever worn, I, don't, I feel like no one else understands wearing a hat that's too small. Like, how it can hurt yeah it, like, it's uncomfortable it ruins your hair for the day like other people are like what are you talking about i'm like because you have a normal sized head but like williams sisters we got big old heads mm-hmm. anyways i feel like other people in hollywood like a lot of celebrities and actresses and a- actors and actresses have big heads they're they called lollipop bodies in la because they're like small bodied big heads and that looks really good on camera because that camera adds because it, it flattens you. It makes you look a certain way. And so it's like a really good thing to have that kind of body type for the screen. But I'm sure they also have problems with hats. Similar problems. I bet they do. These big um, problems. 
you can continue with your actual works in progress now that I'm done talking about big heads. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Um, yeah, after I made that hat for myself and I made it out of leftover um, yarn, which I think I was going to give it my gold star, but I'm going to give something else my gold star. But the hat, the yarn that I made it out of is this yarn called um, Relux Light. And it is 100% recycled cashmere. Um, and the company that makes it is uh, Jade Sapphire. And I got it in a, a yarn box a long time ago, like a, a yarn subscription service that I had. And it is this insanely soft, just really, really soft and plush recycled cashmere. Um, and so it... It has all the things that you want out of cashmere, you know, being very soft, very warm for the weight that it is. Uh, cashmere is super, super warm. Um, but instead of having that sort of, like whenever I see cashmere sweaters and stuff, it sort of has a little bit of a halo, but it, you can still see all of the yarn plies because it looks very smooth. Uh, because it's recycled, it's not so smooth. So it actually ends up looking almost a little bit tweedy in its texture which I like I actually love I that because it sort of hides some imperfections in your knitting like if your knitting isn't perfectly even if the yarn is tweedy you kind of don't care that much because it wasn't going to be that perfect anyway you know right you weren't going for look. you were going for something a little bit more crafted looking yeah a little more rustic um but it retains all that softness nice. um so I'm very happy with that that recycled cashmere sounds awesome. Oh, I'm it's really so nice. loving the recycled options out there. I think it's incredible. Yeah. It's different than if you go to like because this it was not reclaimed from sweaters. It's not reclaimed yarn. It's actually recycled fibers. Like they chewed fibers up and then remade them into yarn. Like the reclaimed stuff is cool. The reclaimed stuff's really cool, but it is limiting depending on yeah. what it's gone through. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't know the difference of recycled versus reclaimed. Because, like, even in the apparel industry, which I work in, recycled can be different. So we have to actually yeah. talk through post-consumer recycled versus from, like, the uh, mill Leftovers, yeah. Like, recycled. Or, yeah, like, non-sold goods or, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, yes. it's interesting. In this case, I don't know which it was, although if I had to guess, I would guess it's probably from like the mill floor. Like it's probably all the, the stuff that was gonna turn into garbage and they just decided to make it into a completely different yarn. Cool, um, it's still cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because it was gonna be garbage, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the reclaimed stuff is super cool, but like you say, it's a little limiting. So I think if you go on Etsy, um, I found several shops on Etsy that sell reclaimed yarn. So basically what these folks do is they go buy, they purchase um, sweaters from resale shops that um, are just not getting purchased, right? Like they're at a resale shop or they take things like maybe had a hole in them and the person didn't want it anymore and they unravel the yarn and then re they wash it and reskein it and then you're able to use it. In that case, you're limited by the um, size of the original garment that it came from. Um, so if the reclaimed sweater was an extra small sweater, the only thing you're really going to be able to get from that is probably like a hat and mittens. Like you're not even going to get the same size sweater 
that it came from because you lost fiber in the seams and in the cuffs and stuff like that where it's it's just harder to reclaim the the yarn from it so it's and limited also, in that way I would also mention that um the the amount of wear that the garment has changes the actual yarn yield as yeah. well because like your the ply is no longer intact you've lost a lot of fiber mass things like that so it becomes finer too Mm -hmm. in certain places so you just have to think about like some will be fat some will be thin if it's under the armpit that's real thin stuff you don't want that you know yeah and probably the person if they're making like a good quality reclaimed skein of yarn they're probably just removing those parts because they don't want to be selling you a product that you can't actually make something from so you just have to be aware that like the the amount that you're going to get is not going to be as much but it's still it's still cool stuff obviously much improved to virgin fiber that nobody has used and there's a lot of people out there still making products from sweaters that have been um that they've been felt or they also like they can make into mittens and hats and things like that and that's if you wanted to like really use the full extent of a garment instead of taking it apart as far as like unraveling it there are other ways to do that, so. Yeah, actually, you know, we haven't gotten to our our typical um, episode where we talk about um, gift ideas for people of all budgets, but that is a really good one. So if you have a sweater that <clears throat> is made out of wool, any natural fiber that's uh, an animal fiber, animal fibers will do this, uh, plant fibers will not, but animal fibers, most of them will felt. And so if you have a sweater that is damaged and you don't want to repair it, um, you're just not wearing it, um, whatever, you can felt it and then cut that felt into ornaments or coasters. Um, it, ha- it can gain a new life in which whatever it was too weak to do before, it is now successfully strong enough to do, which is very cool. So uh, this has already been on our Instagram feed, but I decided to try a sort of um, pseudo kintsugi. So kintsugi is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery um, in a way where the the break is visible and it's in fact highlighted with, in traditional kintsugi, it's highlighted with gold. Um, And basically the idea is that if you break something, Um, it now has a different character. It's not the same thing that it was before. And you don't try to hide that that happened. You, you know, highlight it as a new element, a new design element, a new experience element in that piece. And so when I say I'm doing sort of pseudo kintsugi, it's because I do not know how to do real kintsugi. That is a, you repair with lacquer. I do not know how to work with lacquer. Um, I'm not, uh, yeah. So instead... Are you um, telling me you're not a Japanese artisan? I'm not a a trained (laughs) artisan, it turns out. What? So what I did instead is I looked around online and I found... I'll I'll link it in our show notes. But I found a woman on YouTube who was doing something similar with JB Quick Weld. So it's uh, an epoxy product that you can buy. The regular JB Weld takes a long time to set up, but JB Quick only takes um in my experience it takes about 10 minutes what the tube says it says it takes like four minutes but I didn't find that to be the case I found I found that I really had to hold it in place for at least six minutes 
sometimes up to 10 minutes. And that's because um, when you mix the two epoxy components together, if you put them in slightly different ratios, it will take longer or a shorter amount of time for it to set. And I think just I'm not very precise about it. And so I got some variability. But I, I managed to mostly fix um, a bowl that was given to me that was it broke in the mail. So it was a bowl from my friend Hannah that broke like clean down the center and then two little pieces broke off. And that was actually pretty easy to fix well because it didn't shatter. So I didn't lose a lot of pieces. small bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I fixed that. And then the one that was a bigger trial was <laughs> repairing the yarn bowl that Miranda gave me for my birthday this year. Um, oh, but it looks so cool. We have to take a photo of that. That is cool how it looks, though. Yeah, it turned out it turned out pretty well. Um, I learned some things along the way about um, how to do it. And I st- actually, I'm not quite done with it yet. So what I need to do is I need to um, take a Dremel and file down the inside bits where the JV Weld, um, it kind of pops out of expands. the... Expands? Yeah, it expands. And... Um, I couldn't get my X-Acto in there to cut it off. And since this is a yarn bowl, I don't want it to have any rough edges, so I'm going to Dremel it down. And then you have the option, um, because JB Weld dries like sort of a dark gray, you could, and it would be cool to just leave it that color, right? Because it kind of looks like marble veining. It does, yeah. But I decided that I was going to try to paint them in a metallic color so I bought gilding wax which I'd never heard of before but this is by a company called Pebeo P-E-B-E-O I got it from Blick um, and you can get it in a bunch of different colors you can get it in a copper they have like four different colors of gold so when I tell you it took me like two hours to decide which color of gold I wanted to get because there's one that's like a little more rosy and one that's a little more yellow oh. and one that's a little more yeah Sometimes did, once you know your options, there's hole. too many options. It was, yeah. <laughs> it, it, they only make six colors, and it was still too many options for me. Um, but I did eventually settle on one, and um, I am concerned about myself because this is like the be- this is the beginning of the slippery slope down making everything shabby chic. I'm not <laughs> Do you remember when everyone used to sponge paint? You yes. remember like. People were like, oh, sponge paint it. And I'm like, uh-uh. And then people started sponge painting, like, whole walls, whole mm-hmm. houses. And I was like, y'all need to fucking chill. Calm it chill. down. Chill. It's up there with popcorn ceilings. Like, we didn't need this. No one needed this. And Island, you were getting excited. I could tell already you're embarrassed <laughs> by your excitement. So oh, it's a slippery wax. slope. <laughs> gilding wax is this weird mix of, um, it's fine medical part fine medical, fine metal <laughs> particles that is coated with a binder of wax and acrylic. So when you open it, it smells like solvent. Like it is a, it is a product that is, um, I'll show it to you. They call it gilding wax, but it doesn't actually look like wax. It looks more like a whipped paste kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, really soft. And so, um, my concern originally when I saw wax is like, oh, well, it's just going to rub off, but it doesn't. It it oh. dries down. So it starts off very wet, um, and it's safe to use with your hands. So this is why I say it's like 
terrible, terrible news for people who were trying not to go down the shabby chic rabbit hole because <laughs> you can just like dip your finger into it and like if you had a um like let's say you had a picture frame. I think this is how a lot of people use it. Picture like an old picture frame that's got like um embossing on it. If you mm-hmm. just dip your finger in the gilding wax and rub it across the uh, uppermost surface, right? The surface that's popped out the most is... So you're kind of like going to make an antiqued frame where yeah. it looks like it was gold and then it got dirty. Yes. Oh, Which man. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do it. Hashtag shabby chic part two. Okay. Um. Yes. With all of you fine people, all three of you, as my witness... <laughs> I am not we have more than that. <laughs> going to gild a fucking picture frame. But I would be lying if I said that I'm not tempted it. to consider where else this might go aside from these bowls. Okay, I wanna I wanna put money down now. I I, I wanna put money down. Actually, no, I, I won't even take money. I, I think that what we should do is start a um a survey of what your Etsy shop is going to be called. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not about what you're going to do. Cause it's not, a, it's like when you ride a motorcycle, you're going to drop it. It's not, it's not if it's when. So like, let's just go ahead and like, <laughs> so let's just go ahead and plan what the name of your Etsy shop is. It's got to have something involving the word gold. <laughs> like yes. not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> Etsy. <laughs> Not all of it glitters is gilding wax. <laughs> oh, I think my neighbors hate me for how I cackle. <laughs> also, I love that as I've gotten older, my cackle has gotten stronger. It's like with power. And all of my with girlfriends. <laughs> with, with yeah, gusto. with feeling. <laughs> and every girl I know is like, we cackle now. This is The pandemic has brought out serious cackling because like, you just never realized how much you needed to laugh until, you know, you thought about your sister's Etsy shop filled with gold items. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as she needs to use up this pot, because this pot is like... I there's a lot the, in there. There's a lot, yeah. It's 30 mils. It's a lot. And you don't need very much. So it will last a long time if you don't let it dry out. It sounds like it's going to have a whole lot of picture. Oh, I can't wait to come to your, your modern house with shabby chic frames. Oh, my God. <laughs> If you don't give me something for Christmas with gilding wax on it, <laughs> we're not related. <laughs> because oh. the Williams sisters have a tendency to give gifts. The Williams family, let's just be real. Because our mom, bless her soul. But like, if mom is into a thing, we're all getting it for Christmas. Yep. Like we're all like, she's really into pop-up paper books. We all got ornaments made by this pop-up designer, which is awesome. But it's just, I love, I love that our mom is into cool stuff. Because at least when she, like, goes, you know, whole hog on it, we're like, cool, this is all cool stuff. But, like, there's other people out there where, like, when they go down, like, is it LuLaRue or? Oh, LuLaRue. <laughs> the LuLaRue <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> I love these leggings. Here, have some. I'm like, I don't want your, your obsession. But I'll take whatever my mom's obsessed with right now. Thanks so much. <laughs> but um, if you don't give me something with gilded wax on it, we're not speaking again. We're not speaking. This this podcast is over, and I'll just wait. <laughs> or I'm going to be like American versus Lafayette Coney Island, and I'm just going to start my own gilded wax. Yes. Situation. Our what? dueling banjos of Etsy shops. Like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. And so I would. <laughs> you have to explain 
You have to explain the Coney Islands. <laughs> okay, so in Detroit, and I'd say in Michigan in general, Coney Islands are... Because yeah. uh, like New York, when you hear Coney Island, you think of like the place, Coney Island. And it's like, you know, a boardwalk with amusement park rides and stuff like that. But you get a Coney dog when you're there. In Michigan, the Coney dog is a Coney. Those, all those places are that sell Coney dogs are Coney Islands. And Coney Islands are up there with like Perkins, Denny's. Like they're, they're prolific. They're everywhere. Every town has a Coney Island of some kind. Um, however, it's so-and-so's Coney Island. It is not, it's not like Big Boy or like Denny's. It's, you know, it's Ashleen's Coney Island. It's Pat's Coney Island. And there's a Coney Island situation in downtown Detroit. <laughs> yes. And it is in like the heart of Detroit and their families. One is called, and they have stores fronts right next to each other. One is called Lafayette. Uh, one, the first one was called American. Or sorry, National. Is it, is it National or American? It's American Coney Island. No. Oh, God. I, I you just know had what? a moment. I don't remember because. Because it's garbage and we'll never garbage. go there. <laughs> I will not eat there. I only eat at Lafayette Coney Island and you That's, know this. It's only Lafayette. So that, that officially makes it really clear why we will never go there. That I can't remember. I'm like, what's its name? It's right next door. And I've been going to this place all of my adult life. Like at least 15, 20 years I have gone to Lafayette Coney Island. And the thing is they're open 24 hours. They serve, you know, kind of like a chili. What? I just tried to Google Lafayette Coney Island Detroit to figure out which one was next door. And the first ad that comes up is American Coney Island. You know what? Because they're probably they hurting for to. business. They're hurting for business because they're garbage. <laughs> and they're run by Lafayette garbage does- people who eat garbage. <laughs> they got roaches. They got rats. No one's going to go there. Because <laughs> you know what? Lafayette doesn't have to advertise. That's what I'm trying to say. Like... Why would you ever go? Why would, I already forgot. Is it American or national? Don't know. Don't care. Don't care. Never going to go. Anyways, so there's a point is this is a rivalry. They're, they are selling nearly identical product, according to people who are not from Michigan. <laughs> so fuck out. According down. to people and, who know nothing. They serve the same thing. And have no taste. <laughs> and the point is, is that you only go to Lafayette Coney Island. End of story. The point is, you, they, they're selling similar product, but there's obviously one that is better than the others. And anytime you hear any TV show or anybody who's anybody, they go to Lafayette. You go to Lafayette Coney Island. You don't even have to say Coney Island. You just say, are you going to Lafayette? And then when you order, it is... It's an art form. <laughs> and you need to know your shit. And then also buy a piece of pie. But we're done here. I'm done. Okay. Well, the, the real point, which she forgot because she got so excited about I got talking. very animated. <laughs> the real point is that the owners who are related oh, to argue. each other <laughs> stand outside their doors and tell you that you have to eat at their restaurant because the guy who runs the other restaurant serves garbage food and has rats. They each they literally they still they used they're family they probably get together for Christmas and I mean we don't I don't know because I'm not that deep in this in this situation, situation this this civil war that has been going on for 
50 years. But the boy, they stand outside when they're real bored and they're like, why are you even going to go in there? They serve garbage. You know where they got their food? The hospital. Like, you're like, whoa, oh, shit. <laughs> like, they're like, we threw that out. Now they're cooking it. And you're like, oh, no. Like, they're terrible people. Terrible to one another. And and that's the Etsy shop situation that my sister is threatening me with. I want everybody to know that. But you, I'm claiming Lafayette immediately. It's going to be called Miranda's Lafayette Gilded Wax Shop. <laughs> great um what have i been working on <laughs> i believe i sped cleaned my apartment before my cleaning people came here <laughs> That's, that was a big project yeah full, full two hours um no i honestly i've just been wrapping up um my fall development is finished it's adopted i'm now doing all my production tech packs and stuff and um what else? I'm currently in the process of Christmas shopping, mm-hmm. which is super weird because I'm not a huge fan of Christmas shopping. I like wrapping gifts. That's you a totally are different. Great at wrapping gifts. Oh, fucking! You have turned it gifts. into an art form. Mm. I am a huge fan. When Martha Stewart was it Martha Stewart? No, it was Tori Spelling's mom. Whatever her name is, Candy Spelling. I don't know. Some she had a weird name like Cookie or Candy. She used to talk about like on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with like whoever that guy was, Robin Leach. Yes. She talked about her house having a room for wrapping gifts. Wow. It's been on my mind. I was going to say, that is Miranda's greenhouse. <laughs> Since 1991. I'm like, <laughs> how can I have a wrapping room? <laughs> That's how I know I've made it. Um, I love wrapping gifts. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> I don't like Christmas shopping, but I like wrapping gifts. And this year, because of the pandemic, I think gifts are in order. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to give experiences to people. Yep. It's kind of hard to spend time with people and make them things if they're far away. So I've just been trying to be on top of my Christmas shopping and to be mindful of who I'm buying my stuff from, as well as some stuff I'm making. And um, I'll, I usually am like, I'd always just say, a friend. But a guy I'm seeing, he's a woodworker. And um, it sounds like I'm seeing a million dudes. <laughs> and, so you know what I like? And what if you are? And you Who were cares? asking, like, what, what's my works in progress? These men? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Projects are stupid. <laughs> no, no person's a project. Anyways. <laughs> I'm on my third beer, everybody. Anyways. <laughs> No, um, he's a woodworker, and he's got an amazing wood shop at home. And um, he has a CNC, which is a computer something something system. <laughs> he's told me something something system. <laughs> he's told me so many times. I I pray he and his family never listen to this podcast because he's gonna be like, "You dumb bitch! I've told you since we met what this fucking CNC means." Anyways. But it's computer something. Anyways, the point is you could put in your designs and it'll like route and cut and do things. So I'm currently in the process of like figuring out some gifts that I was going to make for a few folks. 
utilizing this. Nice. But it's interesting trying to figure out because he naturally wants to give that uh, those options to me for free to use. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I need to pay for labor, mm-hmm. time, equipment, materials, like all these things I'm trying to put together because that also I'm just trying to really remind myself how much it costs to be a maker. Yeah. And I think that right now, the re- I, I think I care so much about it because there are so many people in my life that are makers. Mm-hmm. And business is really tough. And I'm seeing my friends try, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're getting undercut or anything, but I do think that people are worried about the holiday season mm-hmm. because people are not buying the way they used to. Other times they're buying a lot of stuff, but they're buying like from big box stores. Yeah, and so you, you can see where people's money is going and it's going toward these gigantic companies that do not need that money. They already had a lot of they money. They already had money. And they're also doing really great in a pandemic. So mm-hmm. like, it's less about big ticket items to me this year as much as it's about like, let's buy more handmade, let's buy more like mom and pop, I'm trying to buy the books that I think my family will love at local stores. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking about that. And that's why like, as I'm making these gifts, it's also helping me re, reground myself, like re, you know, reset on what I think is a good cost. So I'm just trying to think that through. Like this person has, this guy has a really cool wood shop that I could definitely utilize, but that maintaining that machine maintaining all of those things costs a lot of money and i'm just yeah i've just been very concerned about understanding what goes into our goods again yeah i feel like the pandemic has given me that that luxury of figuring it out so right the that time is cur- to sit and think about it before you totally. buy something and also like um dating this person has really showed me all the things i have in my home that have been designed sanded by hand but cut on a CNC. Like I, there's so many pieces in my house right now that I'm like, Oh shit. I had no idea, but you know, I just was like, Oh, it's handmade, but there's a whole lot of effort and everything. Yeah. So that is currently where I'm at. I'm not, I haven't made a whole lot of stuff yet, but hoping to. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah this year it. I'm not, I'm not making a lot of the gifts just because um, I don't have the time to hand make a lot of things, but I am buying a lot of things from um, makers and shops that I want to see do well, you know. So, and I will say that a lot of the shops that are in my town have owners that have worked really hard to curate a good selection of things. So I've had really good luck. Like, um, there's a shop here called Basic Goods, and it is a shop that has, um, like, a not so exciting gift options. <laughs> like, um, you c- they have a wall where you can like refill your soaps and your laundry detergent and stuff like that. So it's meant to like reduce the waste in that you're generating in your life. But they also have like lip balms from small makers and lotions and um, self-care stuff and things like that. And um, the owner has worked really hard to uh, curate things that are from companies that are um, going towards zero waste or are at zero waste. Um, Manufacturers that are um, black owned or indigenous owned, um, really trying to you know, amplify the things that we want to see in the world. And so as much as I would like to be hand making stuff this year, um, 
time-wise, I just did not have it in me to, to knit things for every single person. But I can go shopping at places where I know that the either the makers or the owners that are curating the shop have worked really hard to, to kind of help me find things that um, are going to support the, the causes that I want to support. I also want to give a shout out to a number of the local businesses that you're looking at in Iowa City and as well as like the ones that I live within like nearby here mm-hmm. in Minneapolis a lot of them are offering free delivery yeah from home so like if you're in a city where these stores are exist they're trying to make sure that you can still access their product even if you are too scared to go into their store not scared yeah. but they're just watching what you're for Your whatever exposure, reason yeah yeah for whatever reason and um i've just been amazed at like the home delivery that mm-hmm. i've been able to get from beyond food just like products and yep. you know it's just very cool i'm not saying that um this shop does that but it's uh, a reminder well, of like what you can do yeah and and what actually what iowa city did is they decided the downtown oh i forget what they're called it's called downtown iowa city but it's like the downtown iowa city organization of businesses that are down there Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing free delivery. So if you go to the downtown Iowa City website, you can buy from Artifact and A Car and Revival and Ohm, and um, then they will deliver those things to you. So it's as if you went to all these different stores downtown, but then the downtown association delivered it to your house. So Iowa City has invested in that, and I bet a lot of other cities have too. So if you think your city hasn't done that, check because they might have done and you might just not know it because if you haven't been out of your house lately except to go to work you might not know that your city is is like your city's small businesses are trying to do these things exactly i think that it is so easy for us to go online to like big big retailers and find stuff and have it shipped um but if there's an opportunity for you to buy that book or that item from a local place and, and have keep it delivered that quickly. money in your community. That keeps the tax base in your community, which makes it possible yep. for you to have better schools. Like all these things are really, really, really tied together. They're very interconnected, and and it's just you know. And there's a you and I were talking about this yesterday, but like you got to tip heavy right now for those drivers and the people dropping things off. And there's a lot of people that are relying on us continuing to spend money. Yep. So. And if you're going to be spending that money anyway, which a lot of people are, you know, on their groceries and on now gifts, if you're going to be spending that money on gifts anyway, might as well be spending it in your community where they really need it and that, and that you want them to be there when it is time to go out shopping again. Agreed. Well, I didn't really tell you a whole lot of what I'm working on other than, like, I'm working on some gifts. Yeah, that's awesome. But let's go ahead and get to the gold stars since we're kind of going in that direction. Indeed. So um, this one is going to be funny. I'm into it. (laughs) I would would have loved to give a gold star to my litter robot. So... (laughs) My husband bought a litter box robot. So what it is, (laughs) is a litter box that scoops litter for you. And 
while I originally thought that sounded stupid, I actually have several friends who have various different litter robots, and they the people who have them swear up and down by them <clears throat> because, number one, obviously, it's nice not to have to scoop litter, but if you go away, and obviously we haven't done this lately, but like if you go away, if you go on vacation, um, it ensures that even if you hired you know, some jerk who's not actually scooping litter box, the litter box gets scooped. And in our case, yeah. um, you know, if you forget, because ours, it's easy to forget to scoop the litter box because we have it in the basement, in the unfinished part of the basement. And there have been times where like three days go by and you realize that nobody has scooped the litter box and it's terrible. So having the litter box robot is fantastic. I can't give it a gold star because my cat fucking outsmarted it. So uh, what? So my cat gets the gold star. My cat gets a very begrudging gold star because only my cat could figure out how to use the litter robot and totally undermine its utility at the same time. So we've we can talk at another time about the ways in which my cat is an evil genius, but and she has demonstrated this on previous occasions, but this was next level. So basically we get the litter robot and it takes a long time to like coax her to use the litter robot because of course she wants to use the thing that she's familiar with. So we did all these things where we, and you can't force her. Like if you pick my cat up and put her in a place that she doesn't want to be in, it's never going to happen again. Like she is literally never going to do the thing you want her to do. So you have to like coax her to make her think it was her she, own idea. You want, yeah, she needs to choose it herself. Kind right. Of thing. So we did that for like two weeks all these machinations to get her to feel like she wanted to use the litter pot. <laughs> and then she did. And I, I shit you not, that cat. I, I shit you, shit you, <laughs> shit you not. Yeah. <laughs> she decided once she was going to start using the litter robot that she only pees on one side of the box and she only poops on the other side of the box. So that every time it scoops, one half of the tray gets full really fast and the other half of the tray, the waste bin, stays pretty much like close to empty. And so even though we have a little robot that should allow us to only have to touch the thing like once a week, once every 10 days to like empty the waste bin, yeah. we still have to check it the same amount of times because the, <laughs> the big the pea clumps all end up in one side and the machine starts alarming about how it's full and you have to empty it when really it's all just the one. And then you have to scoop, you have to like rearrange the waste in the tub and only my cat could use it, but in a way that makes it totally worthless. <laughs> um, so your gold stars for the cat. Because I, I have to be honest, you know, a 13-year-old, 14-year-old cat finding a way to foil us yet again, I have to give it to her. I have to give it to her. She she gets older and she never gives up. She's going to be difficult <laughs> all the rest of her days. And she just keeps finding new ways to be that. You know? I feel, I feel like we forget to recognize how smart our animals are mm. and that's on us for being dum-dums <laughs> that's on us it's if anything 
I, I never want to think my dog is as smart as she is until she does something extremely manipulative to somebody <laughs> yeah. else. And I'm like, huh, huh. And according to this guy I'm dating at the moment, he was like, you, literally your dog makes a noise and you just go, that fucking bitch. Like I always, <laughs> and I was like, nuh-uh. And then I heard her in her crate, like jingle jangle her, her collar. And I was like, that fucking bitch. And he was like, listen to yourself. And I was like, she's a sweetheart. She's perfect. Like I know that I just think she's wonderful, but then I don't realize how conniving and capable she is oh, yeah. until I see her do something else to, you know, like how she drops toys in front of people. Like, oh, you're my new favorite. And mm-hmm. I'm like, don't believe the hype. <laughs> this is about treats. <laughs> like, this is about you being new. Like, yeah. I love that your cat was like, I'm going to find a way to outsmart this fucking litter robot. The yeah. most ag- you don't own me. You don't control me. I control the humans. They she will really pay does. attention to me. Yeah. Yep. Wow. How about your gold star? Okay. My gold star is actually going to go back to something we had talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That is a um, repurposer of goods. Uh-huh. So this is a Michigan company. Um, made in Michigan. Wear it again wool. And Cute. they make, they make um, mittens. And they're cute and color blocked. They are really adorable. They're really adorable. And they're, but they're made, like, I clearly know this is a Gap sweater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out. That the look, stripe. Yep. That, the color story is a Gap color story for sure. Absolutely a Gap color story. Um, but they're also, these, besides the fact that these are, they look like, oh, this wool sweater shrunk. Mm-hmm. So now it's like on the verge of felting. And they also have like, you know, interesting patterns and things. Um they line everything with um, fleece. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a really wonderful mitten. It's very warm, is, yeah. It's super warm for this climate. But I really appreciated that these exist. Yeah, those and are I really just, cute. They're cute, and I think that this is a possibility for a lot of people to make. Yeah, like, definitely. Mi- this is a well-made pattern. Like, there's definitely shaping and... Thumb that are, positioning. That are yeah, thumb positioning. They are definitely a left and a right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really appreciated that this exists, that someone found a way to utilize old sweaters and things like that. And then also give them like a nice fat cuff. I bought a pair for myself that have like a rib cuff from something else. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really cool company. And I think that if you're thinking about a gift that can recycle goods, you know, wear it again wool. I'm into it. And it's a very cute name. It's a really cute name. And I got these actually up in uh, the UP. For all y'all who don't know what the UP is, I feel like also I've known so many people who have no idea what the UP is. And I realize that. Wow. Island? Yeah. Not playing. No, I believe a lot you. Of people don't, a lot of people think it's Canada. No, oh. it's Michigan. Well, did you see Fox News when they were calling the oh, election? Yes. They considered it part of Wisconsin. I mean, technically half of the people would agree with this. But it's still not true because there's a lot of youper pride. Well, and there was also some weird thing where I think they called it part of Canada. Like various yes. times the UP got they called color part of Wisconsin or it got called part of Canada. And I was like, it is neither of those things. Also water, motherfuckers. There's a water boundary. <laughs> yes. Try that. Try looking at that. Yeah, and the water boundary is uh, 
the, one of the largest freshwater systems. I think it is the largest freshwater system. It's the largest one in the in world. The world. <laughs> and this is okay. And it is the third longest coastline in the United States is Michigan. Yes. Is Michigan. <laughs> the whole state People of don't know this. People are always like, oh, it's a flyover country. I was like, bitch, have you tried? Have you looked? <laughs> have you tried? Have you looked? Um, so the UP is the upper peninsula. There's two peninsulas. Michigan is um, the lower half of Michigan is a peninsula, which actually has a miniature peninsula on the it thumb. Does. Mm-hmm. We got we got a couple peninsulas rolling, which means water on three sides mm-hmm. and <laughs> or all around except for one like exit to land. Mm-hmm. And then the upper peninsula is exactly that. It's the one on the top. It's the north. Um, and it's along Lake Superior. Yes. Which is not a lake. It's a fucking sea. It's the greatest lake there <laughs> it ever is the was. the greatest lake. <laughs> and it's a superior sea, if you will. Yes. Um, so mad at people. They're like, it's a lake. I'm like, why did everyone just want this to fit? Mm. Okay. Anyways, the point is, is that um, I bought those in the UP and I was super excited to find that when I went and visited there during the pandemic, of course. But, you know, it was like, it was a hot day when I bought them. But I was like, hey, no one else buying these. I'm going to buy the cutest pattern while I can. So. Very good. I was a big fan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of blown away that people don't know what the UP is every time. Also, for everybody who might be listening, they're called Upers. Yeah, people, people who, who are live from in the there. UP, yep. They call them Upers. Um, and it's another breed. They try to, like, become their own state a few times. Oh, I'm sure. It's sort of like people in Northern California have done that. and Oh, they try to succeed it. Yeah. It's, it hasn't happened yet. No. But I digress. That is, that is my gold star. Cool. I'm done, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed us cackling at each other in high definition this time. <laughs> You might think twice about tuning in again in the future because the audio is only going to get crisper and cleaner from here. (laughs) Thanks, technology. (laughs) Thanks, pandemic. Um, And if you want to find us, you can find us on um, Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters. Our website is stitchcraftsisters.com. And we hope to see you uh, there on the socials. Holler at us. All right. Thank you.